Caitlin Clark is inevitable. Another buzzer beater as Iowa gets the win. Another Hawkeye victory. We got hoops. We got football today. Locked on Hawkeyes. You are locked on Hawkeyes. Your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you find podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. While you're there, hit the subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. A busy one here today. We got instant reaction from the Iowa women in a slugfest against Michigan State. Getting the walk-off winner on the buzzer beater from Caitlin Clark. Another logo three. And this one, another huge one for the Iowa star. Men's basketball on the short end of things as they made their way up to Madison to take on the Badgers. We'll break that one down. Plus, some final thoughts from the bowl game and a look forward to Iowa football and what is next as we await the decision of what Kirk Ferentz is going to do at the offensive coordinator position. We'll break it all to down today here on Locked On Hawkeyes. But we start at the top and it was an incredible walk-off winner, the buzzer beater from Caitlin Clark, finishing with 40 points in the game and gets the one that was absolutely amazing. A play that took a while to develop in the final possession of the game. Molly Davis pounding the ball, pounding it, down to 10, down to 8, 7, 6. Finally gets a little movement going there. Goes to the high post, top of the key to Hannah Stulke, who fumbled the ball for a moment, gets it back, delivers an absolutely beautiful pass, ultimately to Caitlin Clark. And then the step back three from way back, back at the logo, knocks that thing down. There's something about that sound on a buzzer beater when the ball's in the air, right? You're just waiting, and it's just a split second, but that anticipation, that slow wait that you have, though it's just a second before it finds the bottom of the net, that sound when it hits the bottom, absolutely incredible. She is so amazing to watch, and to see a player like her playing in the black and gold, gold uniforms tonight, watching her ability to come up in the biggest moments, there's one thing about great players, and we've certainly seen great players here at the University of Iowa. We've seen great athletes, and it doesn't matter what sport you're talking about. You can talk about greats, and there's been plenty of them, regardless of the sport that you're looking at. But this is different. This is generational. I was had recently National Players of the Year in men's basketball. They've had All-Americans all over the place in college football. They've had guys that have finished second in the Heisman about as many times as anybody in college football. Caitlin Clark is different. She will go down as the best, best athlete in her sport in the University of Iowa's history. That's a very long and incredibly amazing history of athletics that we've had here. She is going to be number one because not only is she a great player, not only is she an All-American National Player of the Year and all the accolades that come along with it, she is transcendent. She is somebody that has changed the sport, has changed the sport in a myriad of different ways. Talking to people, as I do on my radio show from across the country, and hearing a golf writer that we have on, Matt Rudy, him and his wife, Michigan State grads, they live now up in the Northeast. And what do they do? They got tickets for their family to go down to Maryland 
and watch the game coming up here in a couple of weeks against the Terrapins. This is happening everywhere. Guy I follow on Twitter, big Twins fan. Big surprise coming for me, right? And he went to the game tonight. Not an Iowa fan. Not an Iowa basketball fan. But had the opportunity, took his kid, and saw an incredible basketball game. This is happening across the country. And though the sellout is awesome to see, being at the Final Four last year and being able to have that moment with my daughter as she is coming into her own as a sports fan and a player in youth athletics, it's something unthinkable to have this happening in our backyard. And you just have to enjoy it. Are there going to be frustrating moments? More than likely. And the chance that this Iowa team runs the table, what should be a pretty good Big Ten again this year, is highly unlikely. There's going to be marks. There's going to be things. And, and this team as a whole, there are concerns with the team. But when you have Caitlin Clark on your team, those concerns are brought to another level. Because you know you can get her the ball and she's going to make plays. Are there going to be moments where she takes an ill-advised shot? Sure. Are there going to be turnovers? Yeah. But there's so much more than just the stat line with her. And seeing after the game as she's doing the interviews on Peacock and, and how cool was it, Aaliyah Boston, who Iowa, of course, beat a year ago in the Final Four and potential teammates uh, in the WNBA as Indiana has the number one pick, and that's where Boston uh, played her last season. And having that happen and, and just seeing that and hearing people nationally talk about Caitlin Clark, we've known about it for years. We've known about the talent, seeing what it did a year ago, and just the belief and the respect that continues to be built up on a national scale. For a girl from West Des Moines, one of our own, we are incredibly lucky lucky to be able to just watch this and let's enjoy it because there is a real possibility that this is it, that this is going to be the final go around for Caitlin Clark and for us to ever see anybody like this, a transcendent star. National Player of the Year, Luca Garza was great. And as Hawkeye fans, we loved him. Brad Banks, absolutely. And run through the list of All-Americans from Cooper to Jean. And going back, we can name those guys day after day. There's nothing like this, though. Nothing that we've been able to see. Just enjoy it. Uh, back to the game for a moment. And a couple other things. Um, Very interesting what's going on right now inside. So, Hannah Stulke is becoming the number two option. I mean, there's no doubt about it. With the continued struggle shooting from the outside of Gabby Marshall, who is just that offensively. Somebody that can knock down shots. It has not gone well this year. She had the slump a year ago. Kate Martin, really heady player. So smart. But we're not talking about elite offensive players. If there is an elite second option on this team after Caitlin Clark, it's Hannah Stulke. Her ability to run the floor, to beat people off the bounce, the size that she has, the athletic ability, an ability to go off the bounce, get to the tin. She has so many of the elements that you look for, and it always feels like there could even be more there. I think that's something that Iowa needs to continue to build around, and certainly that's going to be the case. If Addison O'Grady and Sharon Goodman are only going to play nine minutes a game, it's going to be a whole lot more Hannah Stulke. So we see a falter who's been, uh, what a performance out of her too. You know, what she has built herself into as a rebounder, 
as a player that's just been able to go out there. Five foot eleven. We're not talking about you know a six foot four, a power forward or anything like that, or a post player. She's out there at five eleven, just such a good rebounder, so heady, taking everything that she has and using the basketball IQ to the best of her abilities. But another player, limited. Molly Davis is small, right? She's not a tall player. She's five three, and there's going to be matchups that are going to be incredibly difficult. Hannah Stolke needs to continue to grow. And Hannah Stolke needs to play like an All-American. And it's a lot to ask from your sophomore. But with this team and the way that they're built right now and some of the limitations that they have, they're going to need even more out of Hannah Stolke. And she's given them a ton. And maybe it's unfair to say that, but if I was going to get to the level of a Final Four team, of playing for a national championship, of ultimately winning a national championship, you need more from her. And she's so good. And she can do it. The talent absolutely is there. Mentioned the struggles uh, from the outside. I still continue to wonder about Taylor McCabe. In a team that is struggling to shoot the ball from the outside, is there a way that they need to find more minutes for McCabe? Get into that double-digit range. Now, she did that at the end of the non-conference. Saw that against Loyola, against Cleveland State in those games. But just because, again, because this offensive firepower is not quite there like it was a year ago, Zanano, obviously, what she was able to do out there, it was it was a team built much differently. It's just a, maybe another button I think that needs to be pushed if this continues. I would not play great. After the first quarter, they race out to a, a 25-15 lead. Michigan State got a bucket at the horn to make it 25-17. They went in the tank and really struggled offensively for long stretches of this game outside of Clayton Clark, and that's what you kind of get into here. going to be a fun season. It really is. Uh, late in the game, you had another awful call by officiating. And I think as we all remember from last year's national championship game against LSU and just how bad the officiating was in that game, to put it very bluntly, it was awful. And women's basketball as a whole. I've been following Iowa women's basketball for a very long time and I've had a close connection to the program. Been watching it, I think, a lot more than a lot of people out there. I know there's bigger fans of me and no doubt about it, but I've been watching it for a long time. And one thing without it, doubt is women's officiating is about as bad. We can complain about Cooper to cheat against Minnesota. We can bring up bad calls in basketball. And there have been plenty of those on the men's side of things, but women's basketball is at another level and just it's ineptitude. And Molly Davis getting three free throws on that corner when she gets bumped as she's putting the ball on the floor after a pump fake and literally dribbling the basketball and they give her three, three throws. Whew, that was a bad call. Now Iowa would have got the ball. Would have ran it down for a final play and maybe would have saw the same thing. Regardless of that, be prepared. If this is your first go through women's basketball, maybe you just jumped aboard last year during the run to the final four in the national championship game. You haven't seen a ton. Prepare yourself. Unfortunately, you're going to see a lot of bad officiating. That was one that went Iowa's way. There's going to be a whole lot, though, uh, that you're going to see. Finally, speaking of that play, Don Staley, the South Carolina coach, still a little salty after Iowa knocked him out last year and ended their undefeated run. Yeah, she's talking about that play. <laughs> Salty Don Staley. Uh, some things never change. The men were also on the hardwood tonight as they took on Wisconsin. It went about as anticipated. Iowa hung around for a while. Ultimately, Wisconsin pulled away. We'll talk about that game as our instant reactions on a double dip, a doubleheader of basketball here this evening. We talk about the men's side, plus some final thoughts on Iowa football and the importance of getting the offensive coordinator job right. 
Does Beth Getz need to step in and help out Kirk Ferentz? It sounds laughable. We'll talk about that as we continue. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Hawkeyes is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. As a small business owner myself, I know the importance of this. It is incredibly difficult to find right people for your small business. You're working, feels like you're doing a million different things at one time. LinkedIn Jobs can simplify that and make the hiring process a whole lot better and ultimately finding the right person. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, you might have not had the time or the resources to make the right hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is quick and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Trent kind of back with you once again on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Network. Your team, the Iowa Hawkeyes, and we get into the men's side of things. It was as expected against Wisconsin, at least for me here tonight. Didn't have real expectations. This team was going to find a way to get their first Big Ten victory of the season, unfortunately. A game got off to a good start. Jumped out early, what, 11-4 in the game. First half, you saw Peyton Sanford hitting some threes. That was good to see. Got going there. Let Wisconsin right back in, and you go into the halftime locker room tied at 32. Now, we didn't see a whole lot of Ben Cricky in the first half. He had the two fouls, and as we know, with Fran McCaffrey, that is an automatic benching. Uh, also picked up his fourth foul with about seven minutes to play in the ball game. And at the time, I was down 10. That's another thing. All right, you pick up your fourth foul. You're down 10, though, right? If you're going to come back, Ben Cricky, obviously, I believe, is going to be a part of any kind of comeback that you're going to have. And this is just another part of Fran McCaffrey that does frustrate me. I'm a Fran fan. I'm disappointed to see that this could be it, that this could be the team that he goes out on. You know, a lot of continued rumblings about there. You look around, obviously, what his youngest son, Jack, went through this offseason. Just looking at Fran, you wonder if the passion is still there at the same level. Now he's still fired up, not to say he's fired up, but he looks tired. And... At times, Patrick looks lethargic. You see that out there. Now, Patrick's not the same guy that we saw a couple of years ago. And could it be something with the anxiety? Perhaps. I'm not going to sit here and play podcast doctor or anything like that and try to go down that road. But he doesn't look engaged. He, he looks to, at times to be going through the motion. We talked about the numbers. Two offensive rebounds playing, what, the third most minutes this season. Two offensive rebounds. Not two per game. Two total on the season five fouls on the year 
looks like even more he's shying away from contact and just doesn't look comfortable out there. And it's sad to see for a guy that has obviously battled the things that he has throughout the course of his life, battling cancer as a youngster. I just can't imagine having to deal with something like that. And I talked about this a little bit last year after he was going through the anxiety break that he took. And I just think of that. You wake up and you feel a little bit off, right? And what could be going through your mind when things like that happen? And you have those health concerns that are always there, that are always lingering. I just, I couldn't imagine living in that. But Patrick, as a basketball player, it's just not good. It isn't right now. And he shouldn't be playing starter minutes. He shouldn't be playing the third, fourth minutes on this team right now, the way that he's playing. But he's also going through it for the final time. It's the last go around. And to think that all of a sudden his dad, after giving him the minutes that he has in the past, is suddenly going to take it away is not reality. I like to live in reality. And the reality is that that is not going to happen. It's frustrating. And all we can do right now, I think, is hope that he finds a way to get out of this. And the fan base is frustrated. We have not seen Fran McCaffrey obviously make that deep run in the NCAA tournament that we've been hoping for. He has got this program back to a consistent winning level at a level that we haven't seen year after year in a very long time. But we haven't had that great breakthrough moment, and that's led to the frustration. And now when you have a down year on top of it, look, Dr. Tom had down years. And the down years, you were just also like, we knew he'd get it turned around. But because of the apathy that has set in with this fan base, you youngsters out there, I don't think you understand what Iowa basketball meant. And though I'm just a guy in my 40s, Iowa basketball in the 80s and the 90s, it was a thing. I mean, it's so hard to describe. And, and I talked to my my nephews about this or even talking to my kids about this. And they, they just can't wrap their minds around what it was and the importance of Iowa basketball during the winter months because it's not close to that. Now, the women's team has uh, elevated to that spot here and is going to be that throughout the course of the season. But that's what men's basketball was. It was an event every night. When they played, it was the biggest thing going. And it didn't matter what part of the state you were at, you're at. It was syndicated across the state. All the local stations had it. And Iowa basketball was hugely important. And you see the people in the stands. And you'll see that coming up. We'll see what the attendance is going to be. It's a Saturday game coming up against Rutgers at 11 o'clock. But Iowa basketball now at 0-3 in the Big Ten, I don't think this team is going to be able to pull themselves out of it. They got to win a ton of games coming up now. I mean, they got to go on a run. And Peyton Sanford maybe pushing a little bit. Doing, trying to do too much out there. Owen Freeman was outstanding. Tony Perkins, what a performance out of him too. He's just such an easy guy to root for. He just want the consistency. But you also saw during that stretch when Wisconsin, it was a one-point game, 53-52, couple of dumb turnovers, couple of lazy passes, turned it over 15 times, 14 times in the game. Can't afford that, just can't. And it wasn't because Wisconsin was playing in your shorts defense. This is not the same Wisconsin defense that I think a lot of people think about. You look at their numbers this year, they're still good, but they're not elite. And to turn it over in that fashion, have some of those, and it got away. And a couple of those were Tony Perkins. I, I still maintain the time is now to turn over the point guard spot to one of the two guys. Either give DeSante Bowen one more shot. He's a sophomore. And if he's still out there playing 12 minutes a game, he's still got an assist to turnover ratio in nearly five to one. I mean, the numbers are still really good assist to turnover. He gets a little bit too deep. He's not great finishing around the rim with more minutes, maybe more playing time. That's something that can improve. Or go with Brock Harding. One of the two. But Tony Perkins, he can help you at point, but he shouldn't be your starting point guard. 
he should be the guy that we saw tonight. Hey, you can facilitate, he can help out, but him off the bounce, him off the rim, a couple of open shots, doing those kind of things. The pull-up jumper, that's when Tony Perkins is at his best. I want to see more Harding. I want to see more, more Bowen. I want to see both of those guys out there. And just keep playing Owen Freeman because that dude is a budding star. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Enjoy that young man because he is fun to watch. Goes up there against those bigs of Wisconsin. He didn't back down at all tonight. And that was great to see. When there were moments, maybe some other guys were backing down. Not the case with Owen Freeman. Really, really good performance out of him overall. Need some shooting. Need to find another shooter. Is that Josh Dix? He needs to be more aggressive too. When Dix is out there, he's got to be aggressive. It, this has, as a whole, the team, this year, they passed up so many more open shots from downtown than they have in the past. That's been one of the more confounding parts of this. Same thing. Kind of talked about the Wisconsin defense. Still good, but not elite. Same thing with the Iowa offense. You look at the numbers this year. They're still good, but they're not elite. Not at the elite level we're certainly used to with Iowa basketball. And I think that's something that we've seen. Guys passing up the opportunity early in the shot clock when you got a shot from the outside. Got to pull the trigger. Maybe that's Josh Dix a little bit more. We'll see going forward what this is going to be. But Rutgers, you got to start the streak now. And I was probably going to have to rip off here over the next six, six, seven games, a five and two at minimum. Now, the Big Ten is not real strong this season. Mentioned Rutgers, they're off to an okay start. Just a whole lot of okay out there. After that, you get Nebraska at home. Definitely need to win that game at Minnesota. Have to get that one. You get Purdue, you're not going to beat the Boilermakers, even in Carver. After that, Maryland, who is not very good. Even the road trips to Michigan and Indiana, neither of those teams are great. I mean, the time is now. If Iowa has something in them, what I mentioned there, seven games. Got to be at least five and two. And even then, at five and two, you're sitting at five and five in the Big Ten, and you still got to find a way to probably win six games. I believe in a down Big Ten this year, Iowa is going to have to get to 11 wins, even to be sniffing the bubble going into the Big Ten tournament. Well, you're at 0-3. That means 11-6. Not seeing it with this team. Football to wrap things up. It's a potpourri edition of Lockdown Hawkeyes. A little bit of everything. We're talking football and the hire for Kirk Ferentz. What is he going to do at the offensive coordinator spot? And just how important this one is. Maybe the most important hires he has made since he assembled his first staff in Iowa City back in 1999. We'll do that as we continue Locked on Hawkeyes. Trent kind of back with you one final time here on the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked on Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Well, we make our way over to football and a frustrating end of the season. Shut out in the bowl game, shut out in the Big Ten championship game, shut out in the second half against Nebraska until the field goal at the end. It's been a lot of frustration here. After the game, I was recording the podcast right afterwards, so didn't hear Kirk Ferentz's comments right after the game, but he mentioned big picture. Big picture. This team won the division, won 10 games. There is plenty to be celebrated. That's true. We should never poo-poo a 10-win season. We should never get kind of ahead the tips of our skis when we're talking about Iowa football and the successes that they had. I agree with that. I don't think that was the time for that conversation, but we're picking it's here, and that's not what we're going to do. What we do know is Iowa has an important hire in front of them. 
And what Kirk Ferentz does here is really going to chart the course for the way that his tenure sets up. Now, you look at next season, the first year without divisions. You go to Ohio State, that's daunting. Even as Ohio State will be searching for a quarterback and figuring out what they're going to do at that spot. And all of a sudden, without Kyle McCord, uh, things didn't look very good for them uh, down in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, it does matter. Injuries do matter, or opt-outs do matter, uh, definitely in bowl games. But that aside, it's not the most difficult schedule next year. There is still a real path with the chance with a bunch of guys coming back next season. We already know Jay Higgins, he's coming back for another year. Luke Lachey coming back for another season. We already know that you have those guys coming back. And the potential return of Sebastian Castro, Jamari Harris, Quinn Schulte, Nick Jackson, maybe an inkling of Cooper DeGene, probably not. Regardless, this defense is still going to be very good. A new punter, but it sounds like on the surface, another good punter. He's not going to be Tory Taylor, but you're still going to be good. Drew Stevens, is there a resurgence there? This is a guy that has a lot of talent. We saw that and just fell apart for him at the end of the season. Still a talented kicker. LeVar Woods will have those special teams playing at a high level. You'll have great defense once again. That's what Phil Parker does. And an offense with the right hire at coordinator that can at minimum be competent. I truly believe that. I know the naysayers are out there, and they believe that nothing will change in the Iowa offense and it's going to be the same. I argue, go back and watch. Go back and watch Ken O'Keefe's offenses. They look nothing like what we saw, certainly over the last three seasons of Brian Ferentz, and really throughout the whole seven years. Go back and watch Greg Davis. Love him or hate him, and I know there were plenty of detractors out there, myself included. It still was better than what we've seen here recently with Brian Ferentz. But they all looked different. The schemes and what they did, mostly in the passing game, were different elements. That can happen here. That can change. There is hope. Not that I was going to suddenly be a top 30 offense in the country year after year, because that's not realistic. But the reality is, can this team get in, I don't know, top half, top 70? That shouldn't be that difficult. It really shouldn't. There should be a path for that to happen. But just going and hiring a buddy, going in and making an offensive coordinator hire that is just a nice cozy blanket is not the path here. I posted it earlier. Does Beth Getz need to step in? And, and not even step in. That's probably not even the right term. Does there need to be a conversation with the athletic director? And certainly if Beth Getz, and there's rumblings out there that the hire might become official here pretty soon, if that does happen, before we get to that point, at least have some kind of conversation of what is happening here. What is going on? For a Hall of Fame coach, for a guy that has been here for 25 years, it's normally laughable. But I think there needs to be some kind of oversight. Kirk doesn't like oversight. But the reason is, Kirk would have brought back Brian this year for next season, even after as bad as it was. And even after being shut out your last two games of the year, there is not a doubt in my mind that Kirk would have brought his son back for another year as the offensive coordinator. And they would have pointed to the injuries, and they would have gone back to the same thing that we heard last year and the same thing that we heard the year before, and it would have been run it back one more time. A healthy season, it's going to be different. It was never different. It was never schematically different. 
There wasn't anything schematically that you looked at that they were trying to do after the initial scripted plays week after week. There was no adjustments. There was no ability to do things. It was looking at the sheet, eh, let's see if this will work. There was no rhyme or reason to what they were doing. The tendencies were glaring. It was easy to see. Hands off Kirk. Maybe get a little bit of insight from some other people. Look, his Rolodex is as good as anybody out there in football in the college landscape. He's got a lot of people that he can lean on. The time is now to do that. Lean on some of those people. Really listen to people outside of how he needs to evolve, how he needs to change. The last time Iowa was blown out in a bowl game against Tennessee, he did make change. He made change at the quarterback position. Going to C.J. Beathard over Jake Rudock. That went incredibly well. Of course, they ripped off a 12-0 regular season after that season and after those changes. But there was more. He really dug in and made change. Now, as we look at it, eight years later, is he willing to do it again? It's a little bit more difficult when you're late in your 60s. We've seen a little bit more stubbornness, I believe, lately from Kirk Ferentz. An important hire, no doubt. Thanks again for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available for you each and every day. Lockdown has also launched the first ever national sports 24 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today, that is what it's called, Lockdown Sports Today, and it's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel we'll be back with you again tomorrow a whole lot going on we'll dig deeper into the football side of things those decisions coming back maybe we'll have some word on some potential guys coming back for another season in a hawkeye uniform a lot of football we got basketball going on need to get back into the wrestling as well and what happened over the weekend with aj ferrari whoo that was something uh we'll talk about that as well here in the coming days thanks for making lockdown hawkeyes your first listen every day we'll talk to you again tomorrow Go Hawks.